Good morning, everyone. Juno Representative Andy Story joins us on the line. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Kevin, and everybody out there. Well, to get right into it, we wanted to know your read on this social media policy being crafted for legislators. Uh, what is it? Oh, uh, thanks for that question, Kevin. They are still trying to find out what is the best um path forward between uh, your legislative account, your personal social media account. There was a few incidences this year uh, where some legislators had unfriended uh, some uh, constituents on their email, and that was uh, sort of filed like a grievance would be filed, and they you know, take these things seriously and want to develop a policy that will, as we go forward, be clear uh, for legislators about how to respond uh, to inquiries, how to use our social media as best as possible. I uh, personally uh, have a uh, Facebook page, uh, legislative Facebook page, and try and post, you know, happenings that are happening up at the Capitol and, you know, around the state, uh, policy issues, uh, things that I think people be aware of. Uh, yeah, and because I was going to ask, what do you see as social media's role in connecting with your constituents? Our job is to try and uh, be valuable, and right now, you know, social media, I don't know for how long, has been a sort of a media platform of choice for the public, and so partly you want to be responsive uh, to the ways people are communicating, so I see that as just a huge role to be where the people are. <laughs> And, of course, you know, different constituents use different uh, social media platforms. And what do you think of this all-or-nothing approach that's being proposed in that all comments must be allowed to be posted or none at all? Transparency is really important. So I always feel uh, we want to go with more transparency. I don't think... Uh, you know, there are things um, that should be held from withheld from the public. So I think it's important to be really transparent and go with that. Very good. On another topic, we've heard that there are many vacancies within various state departments. Mm -hmm. We, you, you probably saw as well, we heard from the Alaska Beacon that one in five jobs in the state are vacant. What do you think could be done legislatively to make the state perhaps more attractive to work for? Well, uh, definitely we need to return to a defined benefit system that has really uh, hurt our retention of employees. Since 2006, we no longer have a defined benefit, but we have switched to a defined contribution. And after five years with the state, uh, people can take their, um, it's kind of like a 401k, and uh, with them and don't have to uh, uh, work uh, through uh, retirement. And so particularly the teaching, uh, our teachers, 
we have lost a lot of teachers who, after five years, have taken their uh, retirement money and gone down south. And a lot of times we feel like we are training a training ground for the lower 48. And certainly if you talk to our public safety, our troopers, our police officers, they so much feel they are training uh, Washington State's uh, police officers. We have an excellent academy here, uh, takes, you know, very thorough training. And uh, then people uh, work here for five years and then we lose them. I remember that so, there was a bill passed to increase salaries for non-workers, though. Will that help? Well, certainly we're trying that right now in many areas uh, across the state. Bonus uh, for uh, working, um, I believe, the uh, Department of Corrections, $10,000 bonus uh, for certain positions there. So, uh, obviously, that is... Uh, uh, incentive that state government is using. We need to be paying, uh, you know, affordable, livable wages. We just improve, we just approved the contract negotiation. So uh, there, some um, public employees will see an increase. One of the vetoes I was disappointed in is that uh, the governor vetoed bonuses, retention bonuses for our public employees, uh, not for, excuse me, for our uh, public defenders and our prosecutors, and we he, there is going to be an increase in their salaries, which will happen about in October, which is good and needed because they're so low compared to other attorney salaries. But why I felt the bonuses were so tragic is in state affairs, we heard hours of testimony from people in their current positions really advocating of course, they'd say, you know, they, in many ways, you get to know your clients when you're working on their cases intimately, particularly public defenders who are uh, people who have been victims of um, sexual assaults, mm-hmm. uh, crimes, and they have to tell their story again. And if you are an attorney and you leave, you know that that case will be set back because the new attorney has to hear about it. And so retention is uh, pretty key. Yes, very key. It's mm. very key uh, for not only um, our employees, but for our citizens who use all the services, whether it's public defender or if you're going to, um, you know, go to the DMV, if you have are working with any agency permitting, it's just going to slow things down. So uh, workforce development is really important. Uh, we are Alaska Performance Scholarships, which just uh, were recapitalized to the Higher Education Investment Fund. That was one of the wonderful uh, policy um, procedures that was uh, verified by the whole state legislature and the governor signing it, that we want to keep our pipeline of high school workers uh, getting their post-secondary education through scholarships. And again, we've talked about that before, but it's such a good program. And sometimes I'm afraid that many families don't know that if their kids take a certain curriculum, uh, get a certain GPA, uh, they uh, qualify for uh, basically it's uh, scholarships where 
tuition-free at our local universities and our post-secondary institutions. And, and that is wonderful. And adding to the challenge, uh, we saw from the Southeast Business Survey that businesses are having trouble finding affordable, let alone available housing for their employees. So I, I wonder if the state's experiencing the same thing, too. Oh, I am sure. Uh, I, I know it for a fact. Uh, we have, unfortunately, uh, I know some employees who had been uh, had a rental, long-term rental for seven years and could not uh, find uh, housing and in our leaving, and we've heard a few other stories uh, like that. And we'll go to a different part of the state uh, to to find work where housing is more affordable, which is usually around the Matsu area um, for work. But we definitely is on everyone's radar, uh, and it has been for a long time. We've struggled with this in the state of Alaska, and uh, we're certainly hoping uh, to find some solutions. Very good. So, on another note, the telehealth bill was signed into law earlier this month. I understand you were a sponsor. Could you explain I, what this will do? Well, as you know, with, uh, through COVID, we came to rely on telehealth with meeting with our uh, local uh, doctors. Um, and it was particularly helpful for uh, those in the rural areas where they did not have to fly into hubs to uh, meet with doctors that they had, had developed a relationship with and they knew their um, medical situation. We have many people in southeast Alaska who have had to travel for cancer treatments down to Seattle or up to Anchorage and uh, and what I say, um, and have gone down there and then their care can be monitored and using facilities up here and this allows them not to have to fly down for like that uh, renewal checkup, but to have it um, just from the comfort of your own home. And it has also helped with um, uh, treatment for behavioral health, um, our emotional health, where you could have the comfort of uh, talking to your counselor in your home. And, oh, uh, I have talked to counselors who have said some people who are just really struggling with depression and it's just hard to even get into a physical office um, have been much more um, able to attend their appointments uh, because there aren't uh, factors and just uh, getting out of the home to contend with. So this is just a win-win. Uh, and we also, when uh, the emergency declaration ended and telehealth was not an option to do over uh, to um, was not an option to get reimbursement from your insurance. That's kind of the key thing here. Um, we heard from many constituents calling in and saying, please do something about this. And so uh, Ivy Sponholz uh, was the main sponsor of this, and I think this bill got more co-sponsors <laughs> than any others this session because people were crying out to uh, make it easy and accessible to your medical providers. Mm. And it's interesting how that evolved coming out of the coming coming during the pandemic and then coming out of it. How we can keep it with uh, telehealth. Yes, uh, it really highlighted some uh, things that we needed to transition to a lot quicker than uh, it would have if we wouldn't have had uh, COVID uh, with us. So. 
back on that business survey, though, they did ask business leaders about how they're going to vote on this convention question this year, whether or not to hold one. Uh, 54% said no, 16% said yes, and 30% are unsure. What do you think? I hope people really look into depth about what it means to have a constitutional convention. It costs money. We are in time of uh, great economic, well, we are getting to be, and I want to say I feel much more positive about our economy, but we have many things to do. There's uncertainty with the COVID recovery. Uh, We have, the whole process is about, uh, takes several years. We, there's, I believe it's 55 electors who will need to go through a process to find out who those people are, and then they will um, look at the our Constitution and recommend changes. And, oh, and that's, that's, that's if it was passed, if, if we did say yes. Right, and that's why I'm saying it's really important to know what does this truly mean, because it's opening up our whole Constitution, which constitutional experts have said that Alaska has a really succinct, clear... Uh, Constitution and some of the things in it are really great in that, like our the way we um, appoint our judges is um, it's not political appointees. We have very clear methods for doing that. Uh, three uh, judges who have been rated by their peers um, are from the different regions have to be given to the governor, and I think that is a way to try and keep um, our system as legal system as apolitical as possible. Um, So that is uh, one reason. Another reason, one reason to be so cautious about this and how you're going to vote. Another reason that I feel really strongly about is uh, (laughs) capital uh, move. Mm. Juno has done such a great job of uh, good campus here. um, good telecommunication system so people can testify and be involved in the process no matter where they are. And some people really would like to move the Capitol Center to a place where they feel there are more people. And I know from talking to legislatures in other states, it doesn't really seem to mean matter where the Capitol is, how accessible it is. There's still about the same amount of people who participate in the process, and many of them want to phone in, just like telehealth. <laughs> they take very much advantages of being accessible and not having to, um, you know, so, actually physically be there. So all these um, are at stake, then, way depending yes, on the convention. And it has been such a divisive time right now, uh, politically, and I think we need to move. COVID has been really hard on all of us with the, uh, all the protocols. And so I think, and then just our whole political system nationally. So I think it's really a tough time to be um, coming together. Uh, I want to build, I guess, some more, uh, I don't know if unity is the right word, uh, just more. Uh, we have so much... Uh, bridge building to do maybe between ourselves again. Um, and so I, I think it is not a good time. I also think uh, our right to privacy is really important in that clause. And uh, with all the focus on abortion right now, I just think we need to uh, step back and uh, really it's not, it's not 
anyway, I think people need to assess what they uh, need to, uh, what they feel about that. But I do not feel it's a good time to have a constitutional convention. Okay. We'll have more representative story after the break. We're back with Juno representative Andy Story. We wanted to know your thoughts of this new ranked choice system so far. Well, I really uh, like that uh, we have open primaries. I think that is critically important uh, because just, again, with the divisiveness that I have seen and experienced um, in the political world, I like, for an example, uh, with the Republican uh, primary coming up, uh, there's been a base that have been really um, upset with Senator Murkowski, as how I read uh, the. Well, we saw that at the Trump rally most recently. Sure. Yeah. And so I think that there would be a strong possibility if it was just uh, Republicans to vote on the primaries that, like happened to Murkowski before, she had she did not win the uh, nomination and she ran, she ran as a write-in and was elected. But to me, it's, uh, I see it's a really step in the right direction, no matter what part you are. I use it as an example, but I think people deserve uh, to go into the ballot and box and look at who wants to run and serve them and assess them on their qualities and not a letter behind their name. So on the legislature we had Senator Keel on the program, and he had the thought that the next session we may see a Republican House and a coalition Senate. What do you think of that? Uh, of that? Uh, of that possibility? I am uh, hoping that we will have a bipartisan uh, coalition again uh, in the House. Certainly, people are assessing. Um, and counting numbers of the uh, 40 seats in the House, getting to that magic 21 and above, and the um, possibility. Um, but there are some very good candidates um, across the state, and I am hoping that there will be a bipartisan coalition again, and some moderate candidates um, coming in who I think could work together well. So I am really hoping when... I'm really hoping for another bipartisan uh, coalition in both the Senate and the House. They really work well together when uh, we have, when we're looking at policy, and again, not so fixed on what party um, has control of the House or the Senate. Very good. And on one more topic, I'm sure you remember this, though, being a former school board member, the local elections here in town. Uh, any tips or words of encouragement to any would-be candidates out there? In serving your community, you learn so many things, so many perspectives, uh, so many, so much background on issues. It's very rewarding. If you're thinking of running for office, uh, I encourage you to do so. I think it's really helpful to discuss issues thoroughly, and that's what a wide uh, having uh, candidates on the ballot is all about. This is democracy, and, um, and if you want to change a situation, uh, be more involved, it's a great opportunity to do that. All right. Is there anything you'd like to add today, Andy? 
Uh, just always uh, the number up at the Capitol. I'm in room 403, and the number is 465-3744. It's just uh, really good to know uh, how people are doing, what their concerns are. Uh, Capitol is open for tours. The library, I mean, the museum um, is running tours, and it's I, if you haven't had a chance to get up there, it's really important. And uh, please call the office before you come up to make sure that I'm in or that I can make arrangements to be in at that time. Might there be any city halls in the future or town halls? Uh, this fall. This fall. Very yeah. Good. Yeah, I think right now people are really uh, into all the activities that summer brings. And I think in the fall time uh, is a really good time where people are more turning towards uh, state policy issues that'll affect them. So thank you, Kevin. And thank you for joining us. Have a good day. You too. And that's the program. Join us tomorrow while we speak with Juno Docks and Harbors. Thank you for tuning in this July 21st. This is Kevin Allen Fraction Line signing off.